<laughs> Shall we begin? Welcome to the Happy Monster Cast. I'm your host, Scott Marshan Davis of Happy Monster Press. Let's begin now. This week on the Happy Monster Cast, Frank, Jungsu, Bob, and Frankie playtest relics and ray guns. Just to give you a little bit of information about the setting, uh, obviously a science fiction setting. The shorthand for relics and ray guns is Indiana Jones on Twitch in space. <laughs> so you'll notice when I gave you your characters, they all have fandoms in addition to races. Fandoms are way more important. You have instantaneous pan-galactic communication. So if you are a deer stalker, for example, which means you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, which many, many different cultures in the galaxy are all Sherlock Holmes fans. Uh, you probably have more in common as a human deer stalker with an Ochibe deer stalker than you do with a human who's, say, a, a free flyer fandom. So the races don't really have any suggested edges or anything like that. The fandoms do. For example, if you're a deer stalker, one of your suggested hindrances is going to be that uh, you have a drug habit because you're emulating your hero, Sherlock. Interesting. So a couple other important background things before we get started. Interstellar travel is extremely rare and expensive because jump ships require scarce materials and they also have a very strict size limit. You can't put too much volume through a wormhole and most of the volume you can put through is needed for the equipment to make it happen in the first place. So jump ships are small and they don't carry a whole lot of cargo. On the other hand, most galactic societies in-system are in a post-scarcity mode. They have omni-printers. They can pretty much print up anything you want if you have enough time, assuming it doesn't need the scarce materials like a jump ship does. Jump itself is facilitated by technology created by an ancient alien race known as the Founders. Founder technology underpins a lot of galactic technology. It's not entirely well understood, and Founder ruins are a source of new technology. So prospectors jump to unidentified wormhole exits looking for founder installations that they can explore to potentially get new tech, which also boosts their personal prestige, thereby giving them access to more resources. But getting a jump ship to do that in the first place is very, very rare. And so most people, in regardless of their race or species, have never left their home solar system, which is why you are very surprised when you get a message indicating that you have won a trip the Ochibe system for the annual Relics and Ray Guns Con. That is especially surprising for those of you who are not members of the Relics and Ray Guns fandom, and none of you remember actually signing up for any such contest. Nevertheless, when you check into it, it is a legitimate jump ship ticket, and uh, you have the ability to travel to the Ochibe system and attend this convention, which I hope you all do. Otherwise, it's going to be a really short adventure. <laughs> are we all doing it separately, or we know each other and work for uh, the only two of you who would be on the same ship would be Theophilus and Ellen, as uh, you two are coming in, are both coming in from the, the Terra system. The rest of you are coming in from other places. So we're meeting there, though, we're not going to the destination together. That is correct. Okay, that's good to know. In fact, you may or may not meet there. You're just all invited and have tickets. You have hotel accommodations and passes for all four days of the convention. So when you arrive, the convention is, is in full swing. It's a very large convention. There's approximately 
150,000 relics and ray guns fans from all over the Ochibe system, which itself is a densely populated star system, very old. All of you have a bit of a struggle when you arrive in that the gravity in the system is higher than you're used to, so it's a little bit taxing for you to move around. The, the Ochibe lings themselves are pretty weird looking. They're squat creatures. They have three tentacle necks with three individual heads. Their lips serve as manipulator fingers. So uh, by comparison to the rest of you, they're all pretty freaky looking. Granted, the space octopus fits in mo better than most, but the humans and the somewhat humanoid lizard man definitely stand out. There aren't a whole lot of non-Ochibes in the system, as you would expect. There are a few there, but they're mostly wormhole prospectors who've jumped in for the convention basically as guests of honor or celebrities. So as you're hanging out in the convention, you all get a message on your hand terminals indicating that there is an additional prize awaiting you in suite 1137. As you proceed to the suite, you all run into each other in an elevator uh, and uh, you find yourselves headed towards the same location. So feel free to introduce yourselves. So Scott, I have a question. Am I a, just a literal octopus with a head like the picture suggests? Uh, more or less, you are a, a Wegarian. So the description of Wegarians is you're definitely the weirdest of all the uh, the various aliens here, aside from the Achieve aliens who are really weird looking. So Wegarians are a, a spacefaring race. Uh, they have a strict dueling code. They're, you're actually a little bit weirder looking than that picture would indicate. You have six manipulator tentacles with three legs for running, and you have a pair of eyes above each, tent, each of your six tentacles. So you've got 12 eyes total. Yeah. Oh, man. Am I uh, like normal human sized? A little bit, a little bit smaller than a human. So maybe you're four feet tall, let's say. Okay. And the tent and the, my, my legs are they part of the tentacles or no? No, you have you have six six tentacle arms and three legs. Okay, gotcha. And you're radially symmetric, so you're kind of like you don't have a front per se. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I will be pretty reserved, I imagine, um, and I'm also cautious of this uh, giveaway. So I'm gonna keep quiet while we're in this elevator and wait for someone else to break the ice. Okay. So as you proceed, uh, you, you come to the suite, the, the four of you approach the door, you're clearly all headed in the same direction. Uh, do any of the rest of you say anything? So do you win a contest too? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I did, says Theophilus. Weird. I didn't remember entering a contest. Yeah, well, we were on the same ship, right? So maybe it was the same contest. But yeah, I don't remember entering it either. So this is this is pretty strange. But they said to come to this room. So uh, I guess we should go in or something. Well, here yeah, goes nothing. You. <laughs> All right. So the door is unlocked. And when you enter the door, you find a very nice luxury suite. And in the suite is one of the Ochibelings. And interestingly, there is already set up with two... Two human-sized chairs, one Strakla-sized chair, and a sort of platform that's common to Wegarians. Okay. I'll uh, uh, make myself comfortable on the platform. Okay. What does this thing look like uh, that we're seeing? You said it looked weird, weird particularly strange. Well, I mean, the, everybody on the planet looks like this, but as a rough approximation, that's a pretty good approximation. You see the three tentacles. The only difference is the mouths are on the tentacles, and it's got a set of eyes on each tentacle as well. That's what everybody in the solar system looks like, pretty much. All right. And he says, uh, welcome, welcome. Please, please be seated. I am here to offer you the opportunity of a lifetime. So I go sit down. Yes. In addition to your visit here, you have also won the opportunity to take a share, one quarter each, 
of a node prospecting wormhole jump ship. What's the catch? Well, there are two conditions. The first condition is that you must rename the ship. And the second is that your first jump must be to a specific set of coordinates. And what would that be? It is a blind jump. You'll have to discover for yourself. Could be dangerous. I'm going to remain cautious. What do you say? The, ship's, the ship is available immediately. It's uh, in the outer part of the system. What say the rest of you? I've already followed it. A ticket I don't remember uh, signing up for. Across the galaxy to a strange hotel. I'm in a room with a giant octopus and uh, whatever that is. Sure. So he says, excellent. Yeah, it, when you join, the ship is entirely up to you. It's ready at your disposal. I have a shuttlecraft that I can either pilot for you or it can. it's set up to auto with the coordinates of the ship that will take you there and then it will autopilot back here. So that's all we have to do. Go to this location and then come back. Go to that location. And honestly, it doesn't matter if you come back or not. From there, you can go anywhere you like. Guess I'm uh, cautiously interested. You said you're to come with us, right, alien? I will. I can accompany you to the ship if you wish. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look uh, non-trusting into my eyes and just kind of uh, go along with it. Okay. He says, uh, yeah, I understand why you would be dubious, but I assure you that this offer is made in good faith. Give any type of face for an expression. You said he had a mouth. Uh, he's got three mouths. Would I be familiar around these species? Is there anything about his tone or his posture that I might find uh, questionable? I'd allow a common knowledge roll at minus two to see if you have any idea what Ochi Bailing body language looks like. Okay. Squid person as well, so. Apparently, yeah. Have Apparently, as a squid person, you've got a pretty solid feel for what this guy might look like. Uh, so you're thinking right now, yeah, this is, uh, as they say, as the kids say, seems legit. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll not stand so much a guard from this point on. Casual my stance. And then... Say, I guess we're to be off, yeah. Just to you coming. I assume everyone else is coming along as well. To infinity and beyond. Yep. <laughs> okay. Be off. All right. So, uh, do you want him to pilot you, or are you going to fly out yourself? Would be okay with him piloting. Is it all right if my character looks around the ship to see if there are spots he can patch up? Oh, absolutely, once you get there. Gotcha. So, uh, as you arrive, you can see that the ship is a seeker-class prospector. Low end, but other, but very respectable ship. It has a crew capacity of six with, uh, as is typical for jump ships, very limited cargo. And it's designed so that the front part of the ship can ditch. All right. So you, so you've arrived at the ship. He docks, allows you to board. The ship has been uh, pretty thoroughly stripped down. There's not a lot left on board. There's an assortment of different uh, seating configurations. You can reconfigure them to your your use easily, but it's definitely not all Ochibelings who were on this ship previously. And the only piece of equipment on board is a mule bot, which is pretty much exactly what it says on the tin. It is a robotic beast of burden that you can use to carry your stuff when you go into a founder installation or explore a planet. Pretty much just like a platform to put stuff on that carries stuff around? Yep. Four, four legs walks around where you tell it to. Carries quite a lot of load. It's on the ship. Yeah, it's in the cargo bay. It's not going to blow up on us or anything, is it? Well, you could certainly have your engineer check things out to make sure that uh, neither the mule bot nor any nor the ship itself uh, has any issues. That sounds like a good idea. Just to check and see what we're getting ourselves into. All right. That would be a repair roll. I just fly stuff. 
Yeah, who's our engineer? I mean, Is it uh, Bob? Yeah, nope. Joe Vesh. Okay, nice. Nice. All right, so you, you scope things out. The ship seems to be in good condition. You notice, however, that all but one of the terminals are displaying the same message, which is enter new ship's registry. The one that's displaying something else has a has a specific wormhole exit node programmed into it. Is it hard-coded or can we overwrite it if we want? Uh, it's not hard-coded. It's simply what's currently entered into the navigation system. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Is it, there a it, way to figure out where the heck we're going? Well, that would be an astrogation role. Is that something I could suss out? It is absolutely something you could suss out. Whee! Okay, that is good enough for you to know. You, you consult your databases, and it is an unmapped node. As far as the galactic records are concerned, no one has ever been there. That's not that surprising. There are literally millions of unmapped nodes in the galaxy. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to prod um, the driver, the pilot, more about where we're going and see if he knows anything about the area or what the point oh, is. Oh, he, he already left. Oh, did he? Dang. Okay. I thought he was going to that Okay. Dang. Does any of us know, like any of the surrounding areas, where the direction we'd be going in? Familiar with it? That's the trick with wormhole nodes. You can jump from anywhere to a node, but the nodes don't have any logic to them. So you, there's no way to tell from looking at the coordinates where you might end up. Oh, I see. Could be gotcha. the next system over, could be the other side of the galaxy. <laughs> Do they go both ways? In the program, you have the coordinates for the Ochibe system, for Terra, basically for all the map systems in the galaxy. So once you're there, you can jump back to any map system you choose. Okay, that was more of my question. If this thing pops us out someplace we've never been before, can we get home? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Assuming the ship isn't damaged in the jump. Fair enough. Oh, it sounds promising, right? Yep. I'm just going to stay on my guard and wait and see what happens. If it's unmapped, the plus side is you might actually find a founder installation with some interesting tech. Eh, I'm not doing anything for the rest of the evening. Let's go. All right. So here's how the wormhole jump works. It is a dramatic task. You need one success each in astrogation, engineering, and piloting. Because oh you're going to a blind node, the astrogation roll is at minus two. So you've got three tries, basically, and you really don't want to critically fail. No pressure, though. No pressure. Yeah, All right. So uh, we'll start with the uh, piloting role from Theophilus. Wait, wait, we've forgotten something very important. What? We haven't named the ship. That's true. You haven't named the ship. Oh. I'm thinking is Fred. It, what does it look like? Uh, I like Aeolus. He's the Greek king of the winds. Greek god who is king of the winds. Yeah, the ship is basically a long tapered cylinder with some rods on the outside that make the jump work. <laughs> so not a pretty thing. No, that's what all jump ships look like. It's just the way it goes. All right, you're all set now. How'd I do? Uh, not great on your first round, but you've got uh, two more tries. Astrogation roll. Big money, no whammies. Crap. Ugh, sorry. Can I Benny that? Yes, special rule on jumps because the consequences of failure are so bad. You are allowed to Benny critical failures. Oh, good. Let's try that one more time. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I didn't carry the one. Nice. Still not quite good enough, though, because you need at least a six because of the minus two. And we also need an engineering role from uh, your engineer. Oh, man. Oh, my God. What is wow. going on Another with critical tonight? failure. I think the <laughs> ship just blew up on us. Wait, wait, wait. Roll that back. Okay, that's good enough. The wormhole generation engine is online. That gives you two more rounds for piloting and astrogation. 
piloting is good. You are lined up with the wormhole. Woohoo! That leaves our astrogator to get you to the right place. No pressure. Not that time. Uh, might want to uh, roll that one. You got one more try, and then you need to start burning bennies. Try one more time, and then we'll start with the bennies. If someone else has astrogation, they could roll to assist. Sure, I don't. I don't have it. One of those? I believe Theophilus <laughs> does. All right. Yep. All right, that gives you a plus two, so it's a straight roll this time. Woo! That does the trick. You make the transit. The wormhole opens in front of the ship, and Theophilus neatly guides it through the through the wormhole, and you emerge in a system centered on a red giant. The system itself is fairly empty. There are two gas giants orbiting the red giant, and uh, as you start to scan the system, you notice a gravitational anomaly orbiting near the surface of the star. Well, that looks curious. Let's go there. Uh, but we're done with our job. We just wait. need to work through. Okay. It, it's a gravitational anomaly. Like it's sucking things in or it's... it's. No, just that there's there's something there is really what you get. Right. But like, is it something that's uh, suck? Is there something that, that's going to suck us in if we get too close? Is it a big anomaly or a little anomaly? Uh, it is a decent size. It's it's a small anomaly. It's some. It's probably some kind of an object. Okay. Small like a Winnebago. Not that small. You wouldn't be able to tell. You wouldn't be able to spot it from that this far out if it were that small. Small like California. We can get closer, but let's not get too close. Yeah, just a thought. Fly casual. Right. Yeah. So slowly, it's toward it. All right, so you move into the system. It's gonna. It takes you about eighteen hours to get to this uh, potential installation here. And what you find when you get there is that, uh, or as you approach, you start to make out some details. It is a toroidal space station. Oh, it's the shape of a torus. Yes. Okay. With uh, with a central, if you will, donut hole. Okay. Can you tell if there's any like life aboard. Do we have any? Uh devices like that to scan it or something before we actually do anything? Uh, you're, you're limited to scanning for things like heat signatures and electromagnetic radiation and such. There's no life form scanner per se, but uh, what you can tell from those scans you do have is that there is likely an atmosphere. On this space station? Yes. Okay. All right. Shall we get a little closer? Is it a space station that's built like space stations we've seen before? Like it's identifiable as a space station? Actually, it would appear to be a founder installation. I'm sorry, a what installation? Jackpot! An installation of the founders, the ancient aliens who created the wormhole jump network that spans the galaxy. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Nice. We're not searching for heat cheese or anything, are we? Uh, there is a certain uh, heritage of heat cheese and relics and ray guns, but the uh, the founders are a little bit different and considerably less comprehensible, for one thing. Okay, let's close in. All right. So as you approach, uh, you have you have this donut hole type station here. And what you see is that it would appear to be th that there are three airlocks around the perimeter of the station. Does it look operational at all? Like there might be life forms on it? It certainly still has a life support system going. So it's possible. However, no one has ever actually run into a founder. So that would be pretty amazing if you did that. Are there any lights that we can see? There are lights. Did the founders breathe air? They were oxygen breathers, depending on which one of you you're talking about. 
their air might be a little bit oxygen rich or a little bit oxygen poor for you. Hmm. Okay, is there any kind of like suits we maybe want to get into? You all have environment suits. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that'd be a really bad idea to go exploring without some type of right. oxygen or exploration suit. Absolutely. Okay, so we'll advance whenever. Okay, so how close can we get to an airlock? And I guess, are we familiar enough with the technology that we can try to get it open without blasting a hole through it or something? Do you want to look at all the airlocks or just grab the nearest one? Uh, we can go to the nearest one as far as I'm concerned. Let's start with that and, yeah, start with the nearest. And you said there were three. It's it's like how long it take, right? Yep. So you just grab the one that's closest to where you currently are. Somebody knock on the door. <laughs> and to get in, you're going to need to do a little work. So you could you could potentially break in by doing enough damage to the airlock to bust it open. Or we could check the next one. Uh, or you could uh, make a repair or a thievery roll in order to attempt to hotwire the airlock and get in that way. That will not do the trick. I'll definitely Benny that. Whoa. That will definitely do the trick. We're in. You are, in fact, in. I'm ready my weapon by my side. Not take it out, but be cautious with my hand close to it. Okay. okay. Suits on. Who's going? Okay, and, and I guess the question is, am I Captain Kirk and I'm going to go on all the dangerous away missions despite, <laughs> like, if anything happens to me, who's going to fly us back, right? Oh, that's entirely up to you. Why, yes, yes, I am. Let's go. <laughs> I'm going. Like I said, entirely up to you guys how you want to play that. Oh, me and the pilot are going. I don't feel so bad about it. I, I will insist, though, while we are here, I'll say, uh, we should all go. We just met each other. Quite trust you all. You could take the ship while we're gone. He's right. It's a legitimate concern. It's a very, very valuable piece of hardware. Okay, fine. Let's go. Okay. Right, off we go. I'll wait until the last person then move behind them. Suspicious. Okay, so you all go in, and you start moving through the, the tunnels and passages of this station. And okay. you get, you're, you're kind of exploring. It becomes clear as you're exploring that this is probably some kind of manufacturing facility. You, find, you see a lot of equipment, some of which still has power, that looks to be used for, for fabrication, probably fabrication of large metal objects. And then you come to a point where there's another airlock. And this airlock is also sealed. You already know how to get through it, so that, it's, that part isn't a big deal. But what is a big deal is that there's no air on the other side of that airlock. Oh, that's good. Uh... And so... If you enter the airlock, you can see what's beyond it that's through concerning. a viewing portal in the door. Would you care to do that? We have that uh, heat detecting device. That's a good question. Let's look at your gear. What protecting device? Heat detecting. Heat detecting. Oh, oh, oh. Ellen has a scan set, which is an all-purpose scanning device, uh, which does include infrared sensors. I also have a Geiger counter. Uh, which I believe is, is a permanent implant. Yep. I'll say to her, uh, is there any activity behind this door? Were tell. there any data panels or anything in that in that hatch? Any data panels? No. Well, um, can I use my EM sensor to check and see if there's any? Uh, you you sense substantial electromagnetic activity past the airlock. What else might? What that's familiar to us or me? What might create that kind of? Uh, any kind signature? of uh, large electromagnetic machinery would do the trick. Certainly. A bag on the, on, the on, on which side of the airlock? 
the inside inside the airlock uh oh that okay so the airlocks before we get into the yes uh, yes no air section right okay all right so i'll wait until i'm in the airlock and then i'll bang on the door so you're gonna go in the airlock and bang on the door i'm gonna hold uh for a second and see if anyone's doing anything and if they don't i'll slowly open the airlock door and then advance where uh, where are we where where in the space station. Yes, you're, you're, you're quite a ways into the space station at this point. And we have our environmental suits on. Well, if we're going to open an airlock with no air, I think we should probably put our helmets on. <laughs> good, good. I don't think I've taken sure. my off. Just a thought, guys. You know, I, I don't know about I, you. I guess I, I don't know, know do. that I would have left it. Mm-hmm. I mean, despite knowing that there's probably oxygen there, you know? No, I would have. Yeah, I, I, I would have had mine on anyways. Caution, caution is... Same. It, it's a new house. I've never been here before. That's right. You know what happened to the three bears, right? Or Goldilocks. So uh, as you go to bang on the door, you hear a loud sort of clanging sound coming from the other side. And when you look through the little porthole in the airlock, you see that there's active machinery in the other room. And as you observe, you see that there's a machine in the room, which apparently, from as near as you can tell is designed to manufacture rebar. And you can tell that because it is firing lengths of rebar about every three seconds in random directions around the room, some of which have punctured the hull, which is why there's no air. Ah, uh, so it's it's a malfunctioning rebar yes, shooter. Yes, so it would appear. <laughs> okay. Are any of us competent enough to deal with this? <laughs> Do we have any capabilities that we might yeah, be Yeah, that sounds to- like a terrible yeah. idea. We have somebody who's got repair. Well, is, is there a way we can look at the schematics of such a structure and figure out like what the source, like where the source is for this machine? If you were in the room, yes. From outside with the airlock, absolutely not. But if it's firing in in you know semi random direction, it, it there's probably it's not spinning, is it? It's not completely random, or even if it's spinning, like there's probably some height. That if we like crawl on the ground, you probably won't get shot at. No, apparently it's a very flexible machine. It really is firing randomly in every direction. Wow, that's yeah. Let's not go in there then. It doesn't sound safe at all. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does not sound safe at all. Okay. Uh, however, it does look like in order to get further into the station, this is you got to get through this thing. Or you go back to the we ship can and try go out and fly <laughs> to another airlock and see if we can open that. You right, absolutely could do locks. that, yes. I don't know how good our chances are, but if we lose an engineer and we need to some successful engineering rules to get back, let's not potentially lose that guy in the first 15 minutes of our right. trip here. Because I'm not going in there with him. So, yeah, let's let's hike back into the ship and try another okay. airlock. So, as you're moving back to the ship, I would like everyone to make a notice roll. Okay. So, uh, Theophilus, as you're walking along, you see something that doesn't quite fit underneath uh, some of the machinery in one corner. It doesn't look like everything else around it. Okay. Doesn't look like alien flesh, does it? Uh, it definitely doesn't look like flesh at all, period. Guys, what's that? Let's let's check it out. I'm not going over there by myself. So okay. We walk over and any... Is it emitting any... Um, there's a faint electromagnetic signature. It appears to be a power source. And in fact, when you look at it a little more closely, you can see 
that it is standard galactic tech. It's a disassembly kit of the type that prospectors would often use. We are not the first ones here. Okay, we pick it up. I'm assuming it looks used. It does uh, look like it has been used, yeah. Recently? Hard to say. Doesn't look like the owner's anywhere nearby. Also hard to say. You could make a survival roll to see if you can do any tracking, but you're not exactly in the best location for it. Right. Is it attached to anything right now? Is it disassembling anything right now? No, it's uh, it's like a toolbox, basically. Want to take it with us? You gonna bring it? Is it yeah. something worth having? Uh, it's a handy thing to have. Yeah, I mean, we might want it, right, for something. I'll pick it up. How, <laughs> how big is this thing again? Uh, it weighs about twenty pounds. Okay, so not that not that bad. What else comes in a standard like prospector kit? Uh, there's a number of different things that, depending on the prospector, a lot of prospectors will carry a portable omni printer or a portable grid, grid server to give them a little more infrastructure. We don't see any of those things. You do not. Okay. What you do see, though, as you enter one of the corridors headed back towards the ship, is a quite upsetting looking creature. Uh. Uh, the creature in question appears to be a biomechanical construct, and there's three of them. Uh-oh. They have uh, hardened metal skins and uh, sharp metal claws, and they look quite unfriendly. Oh, good. They're never friendly. I'll draw my weapon, my sword. I got my ray gun. All right. I you love that right. it's called a ray gun, too. It, the game is called Relics and Ray Guns, after all. <laughs> and that will put us into combat. Oh, boy. Where did they come from? Yeah, where did they come from? Good question. Uh, Jovesh, you've got a chance to act first before they come at you. <laughs> nice choice. Uh, in your case, it's actually more of a hypervelocity Gauss needle, but you know, so you have you you have a needle rifle that is capable of three round burst, so you can fire it uh, at you can fire it with a three round burst if you choose. Okay, definitely. Yep. Uh, two of those will hit. Oops, not the last one. Uh, that's okay. The first one that you fire completely shreds one of these guys. Woohoo! Yeah. The nice. other two come charging in, though, and attack the humans who happen to be in front. I hate being yeah. delicious. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Humans taste good. That's what I'm saying. Okay, one of... Should we get back? One of them just manages to hit Ellen, and one of them just wails on Theophilus. Oh, man. Oof. Ouch. Ooh. What the... Feel bad for you guys. Okay, so... The... Theophilus, uh... That is an excellent question. So, Theophilus, that will yes. not actually hurt you. Woo! Your armor takes the punishment. Uh, unfortunately, that is not now. true for Ellen, who is well, uh, the claws cut through your armor and environment suit, and you take two wounds with a total damage of 22, uh, which I would assume you would care to soak. Yeah, let's try that. All right, so that's a vigor roll. Which is nope. terrible. No, you have you don't Ooh. soak that at all. Wow. So with a critical failure, you don't soak at all. You're shaken and you have two wounds. On the plus side, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mixed so, blessings. Okay. So, so yeah, I was going to say, what does two wounds do to me? Uh, you have a minus two on everything that you do, including attempting to unshake. Ah, uh, yes. And I can't actually do anything until I've unshaken. Yes. So that would be a spirit roll. You succeed easily. Nice. nice. Awesome. One good roll. Yep. All right. Yeah. Now, since you're in close combat, if you want to use a, a shooting weapon, it has to be a single-handed weapon, which you fortunately do have, 
both your microwave ray gun and your needle pistol are one-handed. But the bad news is you have to roll fighting for it, which is an unskilled roll for you. Is that why it's red? Yes. Just a question before the committee. How did I end up in the front? <laughs> we weren't expecting danger. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I attempt to bail... <laughs> you could try to run away, in which case they will get a free shot at you as you run. Might not be worth it. You might well, get to run away. <laughs> you could also go for total defense, in which case, you know, you're basically just defending yourself and trying to keep your keep yourself in one piece. But not the face maneuver. I like that. We're going to do that. All right. So you're defending yourself. Theophilus, you're also up front. I am going to shoot and go pew pew. All right. In that case, you will need to roll fighting because, again, you're in, you're in melee with these guys. Really? I can't shoot? You can shoot. You're just okay. using fighting. Fighting. Okay. All right. That, that will hit. That's okay. All right, and you blast the guy in front of you. Hey. There. Does it do anything to Yes, me? actually, a, a patch of glowing red appears on his chest and that punches through, and he literally explodes. Oh, oh. wow. How unexpected. Uh, is there viscera, like, explosion, or is it, like, maybe he was sort of mechanical? Uh, some of both, uh, for a total of okay. nine damage uh, to those of nice. you who are standing in front of him, which Sorry. is uh, just enough to shake you as a result of this thing blowing up. <laughs> Me? Yes. Oh, man. And last but not least, we have Halsock. You are not in melee. I was expecting that to happen. I would like to, like I've seen my comrade get hurt, the engineer. Yeah. I don't know if this is something I can do, but I would like to use my tentacles to kind of uh, grab onto the bot. Can I reach it from where I am? Or no? uh, if you want to grapple it, you, you could move up to do that. Okay, I would like to do that. Okay, go ahead and make a fighting roll. Okay, versus it's fighting. Ty goes to the attacker. You have grappled it. Nice. Sweet. New round. Uh, Ellen, you're up first. It's grappled, so it's not going to be able to attack you if you retreat. Uh, then that is what I'm going to do, because I do not want to be shooting people I've just met, and they seem very nice. All right. You could fall back and try to shoot it, although you would have an off chance of hitting your buddy, uh, the space octopus. <laughs> the space octopus. Currently, I'm just going to draw my weapon and pretend to look menacing. Okay. So next up is the uh, the creature. Uh, he is going to he is left. going to try to bust loose, and with that, he is going to you you need to make a strength roll to attempt to hang on to him. Oh yeah, you absolutely you are most likely going to hang on to him. Yes, although it's close, he's very strong. <laughs> All right, Theophilus, you're up. First thing you need to do is unshake. It's spirit, so. I'm good. Yep, you are you are able and to act. Let's shoot again. Still fighting. Uh, you can fall back a step and then make it shooting. Let's do that. Nice. That will hit, and it, that is enough to shake him. Okay, Halzak, you've got him grappled. You can attempt to crush him. Can I throw him that against would the be wall? Impressive. Uh, you absolutely, you absolutely can throw him against the wall. I've seen the other one explode. I don't know if I want to be holding him while that happens. Yeah, so, so that would be a uh, again an opposed strength roll. Uh, you you are able to throw him backwards into the wall. Nice. Right. nice. Give me a d6 roll for the damage, but not enough to uh, do anything. Not enough to damage him. He's still sitting there shaking. Okay, Jovesh. I'd like to follow that up with another uh, triple shot. Three round burst. Fire away. Uh, you get one hit with a raise, and you shred him. Pew, pew. All right. So now you know the state. There is something going on on this station. There have been humans here, 
and that the station is defended. And that is where we will leave it. You can follow Happy Monster Press on Facebook as Happy Monster Press, at our website, happymonsterpress.com, Twitter as Happy Monster PRS, or follow the podcast on YouTube, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play Music. The Happy Monster Cast is part of the Savage Worlds Media Network. This game references the Savage Worlds game system available from Pinnacle Entertainment Group at www.peginc.com. It is unofficial media content permitted under the Media Network Content Agreement. This content is not managed, approved, or endorsed by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Certain portions of the materials used are the intellectual property of Pinnacle and all rights are reserved. Savage Worlds, all related settings and unique characters, locations, and characters, logos, and trademarks are copyrights of Pinnacle Entertainment Group. All other content is the intellectual property of Happy Monster Press. Some adventure concepts sourced from the Anything Can Happen Thursdays group on MeWe, formerly on Google+. Background music is Ice Cold by Jason Shaw. Oh, Shaw. Sure. <laughs>